0: of Acts chapter 2.
1: When the feast of the Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Without warning, there was a sound like a strong wind, gale force. No one could tell where it came from. It filled the whole building. Then, like a wildfire, the Holy Spirit spread through their ranks. And they started speaking in a number of different languages as the Spirit prompted them. There were many Jews staying in Jerusalem just then, devout buildings from all over the world. When they heard the sound, they came on the run. Then when they heard one after another their own mother tongues being spoken, they were thunderstruck. They couldn't for the life of them figure out what was going on and kept saying, aren't these the Galileans? How come we're hearing them talk in our various mother tongues? Their heads were spinning. They couldn't make head or tail of any of it. They talked back and forth, confused. What's going on here? Others joked, they're drunk on cheap wine. And that's when Peter stood up, and backed by the other eleven, spoke out with bold urgency. Fellow Jews, all of you who are visiting Jerusalem, listen carefully, and get this story straight. These people aren't drunk, as some of you suspect. They haven't had time to get drunk. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. This is what the prophet Joel announced would happen the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on every kind of people. Your sons will prophesy, also your daughters. Your young men will see visions. Your old men dream dreams. When the time comes, I'll pour out my spirit on those who serve me, men and women both, and they'll prophesy. I'll set wonders in the sky above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and billowing smoke the sun turned black and the moon blood red for the day of the Lord arrives a day tremendous and marvelous and whoever calls out for help to meet God will be saved
0: Word of God to the people of God morning church glad to have everyone with us today what a wonderful service that we had last week as, as we rang in the beginning of of summer season and and honored those who who had made who have made the ultimate sacrifice so that we have the privilege to worship freely the picnic was great too for those of you that stayed with us um Uh, And we look forward to this next fifth Sunday, which will happen in July, so it will probably be a little bit too hot for us to be outside, but we'll have something different and exciting planned for that day. Uh, But uh, maybe by fall we can be outside again. As an Easter people, I hope you're continuing to celebrate the resurrection moments in your daily lives. We appreciate your choice to be with us this morning, as, as whether you're online or whether you're here in the house uh, as a part of the Good Shepherd United Methodist Church family, if it's your first time with us, we welcome you to uh, with us this morning and welcome you to the family. I'm going to have to raise this just a little bit because I can't really get the. We moved it last week. I don't know if I can make it. There we go. All right, that's going to be a better visual, and I won't have to do this and find my place in the progressives progressives here this morning. So we, but today is Pentecost Sunday. And that's the day that we celebrate the the coming of the Holy Spirit into our lives and and the lives of the disciples. And, And we traditionally celebrate that as the birthday of the church. So the day of Pentecost was a kind of a strange occurrence in the lives of the Christ followers, um, but it represents that power of the Holy Spirit that connects us to God, comforts us in our trials, and guides us in our spiritual discernment. Now I've been fortunate enough to travel across this state and and many parts of the country, and these journeys have not always led through direct and well-marked paths. Anybody done that? Okay, Uh, these journeys um, have taken unexpected twists and turns and have taken me through small cities and forgotten towns. But many times, these unplanned jaunts are the ones that taught me the most valuable lessons. Sometimes, I even thought I might be hopelessly lost. But I always knew, as long as I stayed on the roads with the double yellow lines and those little green road signs... I would end up in a place that could get me to my final destination. Now Jesus' disciples were on such a journey. For 3 years they had followed a man that they believed to be the the Messiah. They had heard him preach and teach. They had watched him heal folks of diseases and demons. They had seen him arrested, crucified and risen. They had seen him ascend into heaven and they remembered the promise that he would send a comforter after they returned to Jerusalem. Now they were waiting. It had been 50 days since the resurrection. Some followers had seen Jesus appear on various occasions and various situations during these days, but they were waiting. The disciples were in uh, in Jerusalem waiting, but waiting for what? They did not know. People who had seen Jesus had heard this teaching, the teachings, and they were waiting for heaven knows what. They were waiting in an upper room in Jerusalem on this day of Pentecost, which was an established Jewish feast day. Their wait ended. The Holy Spirit came, attended by wind and fire and strange happenings. Now, this was a new experience for them. These eleven disciples undoubtedly connected the dots in retrospect in one of those final conversations Jesus spoke of an advocate a spirit of truth who would come the day of Pentecost is here the spirit has arrived and we ask ourselves the question this morning what do we as Christians today take away from this story of Pentecost now Pentecost is the 50th day after Easter and these these followers of Christ were in transition a transition They didn't know what lay ahead for their ministry that had begun and this new way of life and this new way of loving that Jesus had taught. They had moved from this empty tomb and focused on the risen Lord through his ascension, and and now the church was moving into this new relationship of God in and by this power of the Holy Spirit. Now, Good Shepherd United Methodist Church is moving through a bit of transition. We've had a change in pastoral leadership. We have a recognition of a new thing that God is doing and and a period of discernment where God is leading us and a renewed willingness to follow that lead. Today, we welcome the gift of the Holy Spirit and interpret this gift anew. Now according to scriptural accounts, the Holy Spirit came on that day of Pentecost accompanied by the sound of wind and the sight of fiery tongues. In the Old Testament, these signs were considered to be God's presence. And on that day, this Holy Spirit empowered these bold witnesses for Jesus as, as people of every nation spoke of Jesus in their own language and could be understood The focus of our scripture this morning is on this continuing ministry of Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now a few years ago I took an unexpected journey that illustrates this story of Pentecost. One late spring afternoon I rode with a friend to assist in a presentation for licensing school where individuals were learning to become local pastors in the United Methodist Church. And and we both have a fairly good sense of of direction and we arrived at Martin Methodist College in plenty of time to set up for this presentation. Now we both thought this presentation was the culmination of the journey, but it was only the beginning. What happened after the presentation turned out to be one of those twists and turns that led to the final destination. Now we decided to stay for worship which is not something that we had intended to do but one of our uh, colleagues was, was in this ordination process with us was leading worship so, so we decided to stay and support him and, and we also ended up assisting in this worship. But what we did not know until we arrived was there was also a Spanish-speaking licensing school going on simultaneously with the English-speaking licensing school and that worship was going to be together. So... What, what we did is we gathered other... The parts were translated. There were some instructions. Two, there were two cultures and two languages. But God was there at the same place at the same time. And that was just an example of what Pentecost was going to be or what Pentecost was. As the service began, we got some directions about how we were going to praise and sing. And, and the story was first done in English and then it was done in Spanish. And and what I found myself doing at the beginning was was listening to the English parts and then just kind of tuning out the Spanish parts. But as the service progressed, what happened is my limited knowledge of of the Spanish language, I began to listen carefully to the Spanish pieces to see how it is I could understand what I could understand and what I could recognize. And two things happened. First, as we were hearing the the scriptures read in two languages, um, there were several scriptures that were read this way and, and each one reminded us that we are all sinful and that we cannot wash away our own sin and that we're all baptized into the same faith where God forgives our sins and we're called into the world to serve others. Now, by the time the last set of scriptures were read, it didn't matter which language that, that was native to you. You were listening to the Word of God proclaimed to you through the however you could understand it, no matter what language was being read at the time. Now, next we sang this song that we find in the faith we sing called Holy, Holy, Holy. And the lyrics are as follows. Holy, Holy, Holy... My heart adores you. My heart knows how to say to you, You are holy Lord. Now everyone sang it in English, and then everyone sang it in Spanish. But it was remarkable to hear the sounds of different languages being sung at the same time, two different cultures, two different languages, praising God at the same time, singing the same language, and each culture knowing the meaning of what was being said. Now the Spirit was present in that room that night. These moments, uh, the scriptures were read and the praises were sung. God's Spirit was in that place. Now again, this is just a small example of what Pentecost must, must have been like all these nations of people, understanding what Peter was preaching and and conversing with each other so that everyone could be understood. Many nations, many languages, praising God and understanding the message of Christ. Now by the time worship was over, it didn't matter which licensing school you were attending or whether you had just dropped in for a presentation of worship. You knew that you were in the presence of God with fellow Christians along the same journey each person left that room that night as a group of people bound by a common bond of christ through the holy spirit now the journey did not end when worship was over we still had to travel back home and let me remind you that two tired pastors with a good sense of direction headed back to i-65 the way they came shouldn't be a hard task right
2: okay as the
0: journey went on uh, and we my traveling companion and i we had discussed worship and how it related to pentecost and kind of outlined the pentecostal sermon and and the worship service and and how it related to this pentecost now we snaked our way from the college through the square of pulaski and toward our destination of i-65 and as we traveled my friend asked uh, if anything looked familiar. Now, since it was dark, we really couldn't tell what was around, so how were we to know if the surroundings were the same, right? Okay, but it was basically a straight shot from the college straight through, so it shouldn't be a problem. But besides, our internal compasses were telling us, yeah, you're you're on the right path. But as we traveled, we saw two things that made us change our mind. The first was a middle school, and a few yards down the road was a high school. Now, two former teachers pastors don't miss school buildings. And we both realized about the same time that these two buildings were not seen on our way into town. And we did whatever self-respecting lost traveler would do. We got tickled, okay? So now you've got two tired, laughing pastors on a dark road, and that's not something that you really want to encounter late at night. Now we, we asked what we should do now. Now we knew we were not going to stop even if there had been a place to do so because we had seen too many movies of, of lost travelers out in the country to do that. So since we were on the road with double yellow lines and little green road signs, we shortly saw a sign to I-65. Breathed a sigh of relief. And when we took the road sign, we, directly, we immediately knew that our internal compasses were headed to Alabama. Okay, so... We needed to turn around to get back on the road with the double lines, but what were the odds on this t- country road, a dark spot, it was curvy, it was sparsely populated, so what were the odds of us finding a place to turn around? But only 20 yards from where we had turned off, we saw this, went around a curve and there was this ample spot, paved road in the middle of nowhere, no driveway, no entrance to a barn, just a paved road for two lost preachers to turn around. So, We interpreted that as the Spirit directing us even in the midst of our errors. Even in the midst of this temporary confusion, God's Spirit is there to guide us if we're willing to tap into it. Our spirits were still open for worship and we allowed the direction, however gentle, however tangible it was, to be a sign from God that we needed to turn around. We turned around and got back on that road with double yellow lines. Now, Pentecost was no small feat for God's Spirit, but the individuals experienced it in such a way that displayed God's Spirit, and they had a choice. Some chose to believe that these disciples were under the influence of new wine. Others were just confused by their, ha- their behavior. But Peter took an opportunity to set the people straight and relate their experience of experiences to prophecies of old, something these Jews could understand. A double yellow line, so to speak. Now, little green road signs are a great help. We continued our road with the double yellow line and lo- not long before we saw a little green sign. Now, we're all familiar with those little green signs, right? They, they contain small towns and mileage numbers and, and upcoming travel, in, travel information. And surely this next si- green sign that we saw was going to tell us how far it was to Nashville, right? No. It was a sign declaring that we were approaching Linville. And just a few yards, I'm talking yards now, there was a sign that said New Linville. So apparently, in is a very small town. But then we discovered that we were in Hollywood. Who knew that there was a Hollywood, Tennessee? But then we saw it, a state road sign that said 31 North. That was a very welcome sign. These weary preachers knew that even if we never saw a sign to I-65, that 31 North would take us through Columbia up to Franklin, and eventually to Nashville. We were on the right road, maybe just not the road that we had planned, a road leading to our final destination, and that was what mattered. Now, I'm sure these disciples didn't know where the road would lead after their experience of this first Pentecost. They would have never thought that the road that they were on these past three years would have taken them on the journey that they had experienced thus far. But they knew they had a brand of double yellow lines and little green road signs that pointed to the right direction. The disciples had the prophecies of old to remind them of the things taking place that had been foretold. They recognized these signs along the journey. The crowd had difficulties interpreting the meaning of this unheard phenomenon, but Peter, speaking to the group, explained the events of the day how they were for the fulfillment of Joel's prophecy and the salvation coming in the name of the Lord. The disciples had the promises of Jesus that, that God would send an advocate, a comforter embraced in their absence. The Spirit took the form of wind, fire, and tongues and speaking in unison, proclaiming Christ's message. The disciples made the right choice to follow this direction sign. The disciples had the power within them to embrace the presence of God, the willingness to step out in faith, and the desire to continue the journey ahead, wherever it might lead. Pentecost was the first time that those who believed in Jesus' resurrection had spoken so openly and boldly about their beliefs in the way of salvation. We too have that power to proclaim a risen Christ. A radical change took place in the community of believers at Pentecost. Before, they had been cowering down behind closed doors and living in fear. Their leader had been killed, and and they felt the pressure of being in this unpopular camp. But on the day of Pentecost, they were spilling into the streets, proclaiming the Word of God without shame and without fear. What made the difference to these disciples? It was the power of God's Spirit that resides in every believer that made the difference to these individuals. We too have the power to proclaim that God's Spirit is alive and living within us in the world today. We must seize these opportunities given to speak God's message. Good Shepherd stands ready to receive the Holy Spirit's power, to lead others to Christ, to become the beacon of hope and resurrection on this side of Hendersonville and Sumner County, to be accepting and welcoming, and to be that church God has created us to be. It took a powerful cross-cultural worship service and a late-night road trip to remind this pastor that we all worship the same God and that that spirit of that same God speaks a language to all persons that they can understand. That language is love. Let's be reminded that as a lesson to all of us that we must proclaim God alive and risen and living among us today. We can accomplish this proclamation by, by going about our daily lives li- lives living in God's spirit God will guide, direct, and interpret the message we proclaim into whatever language needs to be heard. Our responsibility is to proclaim God's message through thought, word, and action to everyone we meet. Praise be to God for God's almighty power. So what can we take away from this story of Pentecost? We can take away a renewed sense of purpose a restored sense of hope, a rekindled spark of the Holy Spirit's fire. When we allow the Holy Spirit to direct our lives, when we are open to God's Spirit nudging us to act, when we step out in faith claiming the Holy Spirit's presence, we can change the world through the power of the Holy Spirit. As we come to the altar of communion this morning, I want you to receive a strip of red cloth. And I want you to take that strip and let it remind you of the Holy Spirit's presence in your lives. Spend some time in prayer listening to the Holy Spirit speak to you. May we each hear God speak to us and empower us to speak up and make a difference in this sometimes fearful world in which we live. May we be called by the Holy Spirit to do whatever is asked of us by the Holy Spirit as we continue to the journey that is Good Shepherd United Methodist Church. May God's Spirit rest on each of us as we boldly proclaim the message of Christ just as those first followers did on the day of Pentecost. May each of us choose the way of the Holy Spirit. We have heard the Holy Spirit's power. We each have it. And let us feel that power as we move into Holy Communion. And I've just got word that we don't have it on the screen, so we're going to have to use our, our hymnals this morning. I believe that's found on page 12. be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples and said, Take. "'Eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. "'Do this in remembrance of me.'" When supper was over, he took the cup, blessed it, and gave it to his disciples and said, "'Drink from this, all of you, for this is the blood of the new covenant, "'poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. "'Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me.'" And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a remembrance that of Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ as we may be for the world, the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with your Holy Spirit, in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. If those who are assisting me in communion this morning will come forward. All are welcome to the table. Come and have a feast.
2: A thing. And your heart was open and ready for change all oh, those days.
0: As we go from this place, may we be set on fire for God's love and share that love with others. Amen.